Alright guys, what's going on? Uh, today we have a little bit of a special treat. We have a couple of special guests. Coach Ryan is back on the podcast again. He was a very popular choice earlier due to his beautiful articulation, witty comments, and uh, well thought out uh, punctuation. So uh, he's back and we've added Coach Andy for this one. And this is actually uh, their idea for a podcast. They wanted to come and just have a little bit of a discussion on kind of how we think about preparing for the holidays, how we plan for our meals and plan for things that are going to come up and trip us up, and then just generally thinking about how we can look at this as a challenge and accept that challenge and then have a little bit better of a mindset going into the holiday season or going into December and then into January. You know, in Ohio, and if you guys are listening to this not in Ohio, maybe you don't have the same, but in Ohio we have seen over the last, you know, eight or nine or ten years, when you come into the gym in January, generally people allow themselves to be more down, right? And it's it's just the weather, it's it's whatever, right? It's it's cold, it's crappy, it wears on you, it's gray, it's less uh, upbeat. And a lot of people just allow that to kind of grind them down, right? We all get the sniffles, you, you know, you have to bundle up and, you know, your ears and hands are constantly cold. But I think a lot of that is just a mindset. And this is something that I really was lucky to be able to have just countless hours alone in the evening in the winter at the tomb. The guys who were on my relief were from Louisiana, Texas, and Florida. And so they were just as soft as it came when it came to winter time. So I took a lot of the winter hours for those guys. And in return, then our agreement was that they would take some of the blistering hot daylight suntime hours. And I would just change the guard during those times. And so I would pull a lot of night hours that were, you know, in the negative degrees. And you really just start to learn that your mindset is the biggest thing that controls kind of both your happiness, your warmth, your excitement, and your attitude towards it. And if you let it grind you down, it's just like anything. You can choose to be unhappy about anything or you can choose to be happy about anything. I really love winter. It's one of my favorite months. I think it's a gorgeous month. I think there's nothing more beautiful than the silence. The snow kind of dampens the the sound around you and the silence around our home and looking out back and just kind of seeing like just feet of untouched snow. I've just always thought it was very pretty. And the thing that I love most about it, I think, is without that cold and without that winter, I don't think that that amazing feeling, and I always equate it with getting out of school, but that amazing feeling of the spring and early summertime when the sun comes back out and the windows are down and the music is kicking, and I don't think that we would enjoy that as much if we didn't kind of go through those winter months where we bundled up and, you know, I look at it as a time to get to spend more time with family and spend more time inside with people just having kind of a discussion and a relationship and growing in that capacity because we all know that summer we're out more, we're doing things, we're more social, uh, it's a little more fast paced. And uh, so I kind of like it. It's, it's a different mindset and a different view of it. And you just have to get yourself there. And if you're a person who gets negative about winter, you should really think about trying to challenge yourself to change that mindset and change your attitude towards it a little bit and see how you can work on that. 
And so we get into a few different things here and I hope you guys enjoy it. We talk a lot about nutrition and planning nutrition. We talk a lot about you know how to spend time with your family, how to get to know more people, and really how to get the most out of the next four to six weeks. So I wanted to post this a couple days early so you guys could hear it before the weekend. All right, we are here with a special, extra special. There goes the smile on Andy's face. All right, them boys are here. So we've got Coach Andy and Coach Ryan uh, are in the house. We're going to talk a little bit about nutrition over the holidays, stress over the holidays, and some of the different things, some strategies that we've kind of put in place and some different things that we've seen. Uh, kind of have a little bit of a discussion on this for our Sunday chat today. Andy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people of the Friendship Podcast? Well, uh, first, I just have to say I'm very happy to be here. I am the newbie in the room, though. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for having me. Yeah. Great setup here. Uh, couldn't imagine spending a morning with two boys better than these guys here. But uh, yeah, Coach Andy, I've uh, been at Friendship now for a little over a year. Uh, dietitian by trade. So uh, a lot of you guys know, spent a lot of my career in the hospital setting, uh, kind of helping people on that end of the spectrum. But now uh, here helping people on the wellness end, kind of catching people before getting a little hedge on that. And uh, yeah, this is a very passionate topic for me, but um, uh, and now just helping people at Friendship with their nutrition and helping people set goals that way. Coach Ryan, you've been on the podcast before. You're our first repeat guest. Oh, uh, man. I was going to say, people enjoyed your, your articulation, your speech patterns. You're very, you go very well to the podcast. So. Well, thanks. That's nice of you to say. Thanks for having me back. Excited to be back, especially with Andy this time. And uh, a two-headed monster almost. We are two-headed monster attacking, attacking probably from different angles. So I think it's going to be fun, and hopefully it'll have some value for everybody. Yeah, so uh, let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how are we defining holidays? I think we just kind of look at it from, you know, you had said maybe Halloween through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I always kind of think like Thanksgiving through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both are sort of eating-centric holidays. Big time. Right? And so I think that that's the beginning of the struggles, the beginning of some of that stress that surrounds both family and eating. Uh, So what are your, uh, if we were to peg in like, you know, let's say October through November and then November through December, um, you know, what are big things that, you know, you've been seeing maybe with some of your nutrition clients or different things that you try to give them tips on as they start to approach these seasons? Yeah. And I really, you know, seeing it start at Halloween time is really where you start to see that downhill slide for the end of the year that you really have to watch out for. So immediately you're looking at pounds of candy coming through the doors, Uh, you know, whether you're uh, you don't have kids and you're buying candy for the neighborhood or whoever it is, or you have kids and they're bringing in m- multiple sacks of candy. Yeah. Um, so that's really where you see it begin. And 
over the years, you've seen kind of creative solutions. And one of the, one of the best things I've seen more recently is um, something called the Switch Witch, where have you guys heard of this yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's like you have your kids trade in the candy for something that's not going to be just some caloric bomb to their week to week. And uh, I've seen some parents do it where they take fractions of what they have and, and have them trade it in for a toy. Um, or I've encouraged people to even think about giving it to those kids who are maybe in, in need, like at a hospital or going through like a tough time or something like that. So um, that's, that's like an initial line of defense. I don't know if you guys have seen anything else with that. Yeah, I mean, I think the big one is candy at work. Like I think a lot of these people, so none of us really work like in an office setting anymore. And so sometimes I think it's easy for us to get divided by it. But I've had a few different conversations with people where they're like, yeah, the entire week, the break room is literally just full of like Three Musketeers and Kit Kat bars and Starbursts and M&Ms and all this other crap. And it's just like in, in this these little ticky-tack things just sort of start to take you down throughout the day. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I'm hitting that 2 p.m. lull. Yeah, I'll just go grab some candy, candy and some coffee. Get, Get that little sugar rush. Spike. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so I think that that's one of the big ones that people struggle with. And I think the best way that you have to avoid that is, number one, I think you should always be thinking about having a healthy snack while you're at work. Mm-hmm. So a simple one is just like a little bag of almonds, right? Or a little, you know, the little canisters of almonds that they have now. Uh, I think that's a really easy one. I think you can go more advanced in all different sorts of ways, but having something that's your own snack that you can keep at your desk or keep on your person throughout the day at work, I think is going to be something that'll help you not fall into those work traps, which is like, I know some offices that shit's crazy. It's like every day is like, there's a Seinfeld I think for it where every day is somebody's birthday or oh, yeah. a get well, a get well party yep. or like this, all this stuff. And you're constantly just inundated with like cake and pizza and candy and all right. that crap. So it's the Intamins episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Exactly. What Ryan, what do you do for, um, like you're still working a semi-normal job throughout yeah. the day. How do you combat that kind of afternoon lull? Where so, Great question. Yeah. You must, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, we are. I was just going to bring months. this up. So I think it goes back to a basic tenet of good nutrition that I think that you talk a lot to people about, which is planning. Mm-hmm. And specifically pre-planning. And, and drawing, you know, drilling down on that a little bit more, making sure you have enough food. So I work in my semi-normal job. I'm out on my own. I'm not in an office. My car is an office. Mm-hmm. So I bring everything I'm going to need throughout the course of the day with me. So there's you where the mistake, the pitfall, pitfall can be is if you don't bring enough stuff to eat. Yeah. And then you're in a situation where you're dying of hunger. Mm-hmm. You're going to, in all likelihood, make a convenient and likely not suboptimal choice. Right. Um, and that's not not the direction you want to go in. And I think that di- translates directly to the holidays. Mm-hmm. So if you're traveling... If your schedule is just different, you're, you're not working where you usually would be working, you have family in town, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think an element to avoiding those pitfalls where you're either not eating enough and then therefore going to make a bad choice mm-hmm. or you're faced with eating garbage is to proper planning. So for example, case in point, I have to travel to Cincinnati on Friday for a, a work meeting. They're going to serve lunch there. I have no idea what they're going to serve, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be garbage that I don't want to eat. So I'm going to pack my lunch and bring stuff just like I would for any other day. And I'm going to pack extra stuff because it's, you know, 90 minutes down, 90 minutes back or whatever it is. So if they have great stuff there, 
perfect. Then I, you know, run a train on the dead animals yeah, free, there. Yeah, free meal. You win. <laughs> if, if it's garbage, I don't care because I brought Prepared. stuff. And I think if you, if you attack the whole season with that mindset, that you're going to be prepared for yeah. what's best for you, you can avoid some of those booby traps that are hidden yeah. along the path. That's definitely what I would consider, like, when you talk about habits of successful people, If I, I would venture to guess that other people in that room are not doing that same thing that you're doing. And at that point, you can start to see how that becomes part of your lifestyle and the results that come from that, from the gym and, and how you look aesthetically and how you perform. And, and that's really, I've used this quote before with people, and it's, it's really a financial peace quote. Live like no one else so you can live like no one else. No one else is going to be packing that lunch for a work trip like that, but you are prepared, and that kind of then bleeds into how you carry over with everything else with your habits at work and at, in the gym and, and at home. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's um, the way that one, I think, should look at that is that it, your responsibility is to you. Your responsibility is to your own health and, and by proxy to the people who are dependent on you. You're responsible for their health. For too. sure. So you're not responsible for going to the buffet. You're not responsible for any of that stuff. You're not responsible for eating stuffing when you know that the, the best bet for you at this moment in your life is to not eat stuffing. Yeah. It's you're, You have no responsibility to anybody else except for to your own health. And mm-hmm. if you, if you, obviously, and not in an abrasive way, but if you keep that in your mind, then then the path becomes pretty clear. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I have two funny stories about that. One, the, the biggest one was when I was in the Army, when I went back to the reserve. So I lived in Columbus, and I'd drive out to Richmond, Indiana for, you know, leave on Saturday morning at 4.30, and then, you know, you're back on Sunday. Well, their, their job, they have to feed you, right? And so they have, they have these different things that they do for that. But uh, there, they would take us to Golden Corral, every day for lunch and I would go and I would either go to Whole Foods or I would go to or I'd bring food or I would go to like a Chipotle mm-hmm. and every single time that I was there without fail it would blow people's mind why would you pay when this food is free why would you go through that like you're going out of your way you're spending the free time that you're given to go and spend money when you're given a free option and like that's just like you said, I'm in charge of my own. I would rather, if to me, it's worth more to come out of my own pocket and have to pay that money to be able to eat healthy mm-hmm. than it was to be force fed the unhealthy food, albeit being free. And then second, I went to a, uh, recently I went to a veterans breakfast, you know, schools this year were very big on doing these like veterans get togethers. And we showed up the one day I went to uh, Olentangy Orange Middle School we showed up, and it was awesome. I mean, people brought all kinds of stuff. They had all this food. They had hundreds of veterans there. It was really like an incredible display, but 100% carbs. It was donut, donut, muffin, muffin, like cookie, muffin, donut, and just the whole way down. And these tables stretched. There was 100 feet of table of pure carbohydrates. And so I sat down, and you're like assigned a student, and Chris was there, and he was talking to me. And, um, you know, and, and my student goes, well, do you want to go and get some food? I'm like, no, thanks. I just ate. And he goes, well, why did you come to a breakfast if you had just eaten? <laughs> it was just like, well, I'm just here for the environment. I'm just here to support. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to eat. Like, I don't, I usually, you know, I like to eat a little bit healthier than, than some of the options here. You can just tell it doesn't, doesn't resonate. Like, it's always, every step of the way, it's always been something weird for people. And I always, I'm like notorious for going to like family dinners or get-togethers having just eaten. Mm-hmm. Like, I will eat a full, a large full meal before I go. 
And then that way I can nibble on like the random salad that they made or something like that. And I'm not obliged to go and, you know, eat all the desserts and do all these other different things. Isn't it wild how most events that we attend now, holidays, birthdays, breakfasts, uh, veterans breakfasts, yep. how it's all centered around food. It and is, and yeah. it's, it's all encompassing of that standard American diet yep. where it's very carbohydrate heavy, not if at all any good quality protein. Uh, and then, more carbohydrate with the beverages that they provide with that. Yeah. So yeah, it's become our entertainment, really. For sure. I mean, I think that most people like, if we were to center something around, let's say we're doing something on a Saturday night, ninety nine percent of the time that's going to involve some semblance of eating. Like right. we're going to go out to dinner, we're going to do this, we're going to go out to lunch, we're going to go out to breakfast, we're going to do these different things. So I think that that's been something that's been challenging, and it's just a it's just a boredom thing. Like we can still do that same thing and do it in a healthy manner. Um, or you can still be there for the entertainment value. Like I can still go and have a couple beers with you guys, but not eat anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfectly fine. I so you had said earlier you said uh, dying of hunger. So I wrote that down really loud uh, in like in bold, <laughs> and uh, and I want to talk about that because this is something that I think is is a huge misconception of people. If I'm hungry, I have to eat. Right. And this is something where, uh, you know, a few, gosh, it was months ago now, I did 72 hour fast, right? Just didn't eat for 72 hours. And you do that a few times randomly in the military. There's a couple times where you go 24, 48 hours where you just wouldn't eat. Um, And for me, again, like same thing, like I was choosing not to eat for 48 hours in the field because my only option was MREs, which Mm -hmm. if you've had an MRE, I mean, that's, it's just calories for calories sake to, to make sure you don't die when you're out in the field, right? And it's, you're getting almost no nutritional value outside of that. And so I would just avoid eating. So for me, it's been something that I have trained, I have learned that through those experiences that I don't have to eat if I don't want to eat. That hunger will subside in a very short term after the initial kick. But if every time we're hungry, we kick ourselves some sugar then guess what you're going to get more of? You're going to get more of those hunger cravings. It's going to be, it's self-fulfilling, right? The more you do that, the more your body is going to crave it. It's just like a drug. It is a drug. And so I think that's one of those things where uh, we have to avoid falling into that trap where I'm so hungry, I have to eat something. And so I'm just going to go and find something. Because a lot of times when you're in that boat, you're going to make a bad decision. You know, there's that age old adage of never go to the grocery store hungry. Right. People talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that people know why, which is why like Instacart's been cool for me because I don't make impulse decisions on Instacart. Right. It's just like I'm ordering it from my phone, totally dispassionate to it. I'm not there. So I can't grab the cookies or a brownie or a three musketeers bar as I go through the aisle and eat it on the way home. You take all that out of it. So I save money and I eat better because of not having to go to the grocery store hungry. So I think that those are two things I kind of thought about with that. And I do think that that's somewhere where doing a fast or even like on the short term, trying intermittent fasting just to show yourself and prove that you don't have to be eating, right? You don't have to eat all the time. You don't have to eat every time you feel a little bit hungry. And in reality, if you do do that, that might actually be making it worse. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I love how you said, and you spoke to about that, that sugar intake, that carbohydrate intake being very addicting. And it reminded me of a statistic I saw earlier about that sugar being almost eight times as addicting as an illicit drug like cocaine or something, some type. Yeah. So, and that's shocking because we know how many 
people walk through our doors who, you know, are, maybe aren't eating well or still not eating well and kind of the battle or the struggle that they're dealing with. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a couple of checkpoints that you have to do with yourself and, and one of which being, you know, am I truly hungry or am I bored? Am I, am I, do I need to find a way to distract myself? And it's that whole concept of idle hands and yeah. how that can yeah. do the devil's work and all that. Um, but, and that's, you know, you, besides just thinking, what am I doing right now? Am I bored? You know, doing a, a check of, you know, have I been active enough today? Um, have that dictate how you're eating and, and almost to evaluating what you've eaten already to make an adequate choice. I think an element of it too is if you, it's like with any addiction, in the, if you had an addiction to alcohol, it would not be a great choice to hang out in bars. Right. If you are, you know, have an addiction to cocaine, not a great idea to hang out where you used to score cocaine. <laughs> not <laughs> some, a great some idea. Some nightclubs. Right. <laughs> in the same way, if you have a trouble with sugar, if you can't walk past a tray of cookies, yeah. don't go in that room. Yeah. Don't put yourself in a situation where you have to make, you know, um, I think it was a Ben Bergeron podcast, and and obviously the science goes beyond that, but you only have so much decision-making power in a given day. You only have so much decision-making RAM. So don't waste it on on things that you already know what the decision should be for, because sooner or later you're not going to have enough power to say no, and then you'll make the poor choice. So just... Walk past it, stay away from it. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, that remove the choice is huge. I think that's one of the biggest things. Is like that's the easiest. And obviously for some people if like you know, if you're at work and the work break room is just inundated with pizza and stuff, that might be hard to avoid, right? Um, you probably can, but it's maybe not the easiest thing in the world. So I think that sometimes that's, um, you know, that's the, that should be your go-to is to take choice out of it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, willpower is always going to come into it. Even making that choice requires yeah. willpower. Well, and you can even hone that skill like we do with other skills in the gym. I mean, I remember a handful of times nutrition clients texting, uh, you know, even, even Bobby comes to mind when he texted and said, Hey, I'm in this break room and staring at the sheet cake right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do I do? Text, yeah. Or like, you guys need to help yeah. me out with this. Hold strong, brother. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's crazy that that envelops you in that moment. It's yeah. just, that's all you can think about. And I'm sure he was focusing like so hyper-focused on that in that moment, not even paying attention to what else was going on in the break room or the boardroom at the time. Um, but you know, we've spoken with my dad and how those things, you can train your mind and train your neuronal pathways to make better choices as yep. you start to challenge yourself with that and have successes with that. Um, so it, in, in all circumstances, it's the best if you can avoid it, but when you can come out of those successfully, hopefully in the end you're, you're making some better uh, improvements mindfully. Yeah, I mean, I think the the interesting thing here, and we'll, we'll kind of shift topics on it a little bit, because... I do think there's a big part of people who look forward to like Christmas or look forward to Thanksgiving to go and cheat, right? And this is me, right? So, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, uh, what was it, last week or a week and a half ago. And I went and I had chocolate chip cookies and I had snickerdoodles and I had a bunch of stuff that would just be far off the deep end of my normal week. Tons of like cheese trays and and all my favorite stuff, right? Just thing, things that I love, things that I enjoy. And I look forward to that meal for that. I look forward to the time with my family and I look forward to the meals and everything that we're going to be having with it. So, you know, my thought process has always been, 
not like that opportunity holiday specifically is going to be something that I'm going to avoid, right? It's instead knowing that I have this upcoming meal that I look forward to all year. So on bookends of that, I have to be perfect so that when I do go and I do indulge all the way for that entire like four to six hour block of being with family, that everything on both ends of it has been like a hundred percent has been dialed in very healthy for, you know, breakfast the next day, lunch and breakfast the day of, and the, the week before and then the week after. Right. And in that way, if you start to look at it as a percentage game, you know, in the short term, if I'm looking at the decisions you make on Thanksgiving day, that's a low percentage day, right? You are not doing very well in terms of making healthy decisions. But if we space that out, we look instead at a two-week block around Thanksgiving and every other meal that you've had has been awesome. Well, you're battling, you're like 95, 96%, right? right? You're doing a great job in that view. And so I think sometimes that's the that's at least the way that I like to look at it. I don't like to force, uh, deprive myself as I go into actual holiday stuff. But I do need to make sure that I feel confident in my decisions as I start to kind of go into those holidays. Um, so I think that that's, that's kind of a, a key point for people is, um, you know, if that's the type of person you are, mm-hmm. that's the only way that I think um, a lot of people who wear that's like a big holiday for them. I think that's the only way that you can do that and see success. Now, you were talking earlier, right, about like moderation. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think, and I was just thinking about this, this, just as you were saying that, that that's what's sustainable for you. Yeah. So your lifestyle isn't centered on a day or a week or a month or even a quarter. It is constant throughout the course of the year. So these small deviations for a day or two days or even a week don't really register in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And that's, and you can do that and have done it for years and years and years. That is the definition of sustainable. Yeah. I think what people would do well to think about is what's sustainable for them. So you can have the perfect workout regime. You can have the perfect nutritional plan. It's not it doesn't amount to a hill of beans yeah. if you if it's not sustainable. Yeah, if you, you don't consistently adhere to it. Yeah. So maybe the the biggest weapon is to find what's sustainable for you. So maybe it is you just blow it up on that day. Um, or maybe it is just a little bit of moderation. You're yeah. gonna, ha- you know, where you would, whereas you would normally not have a beer, you're gonna have a beer. Too. Yep. Um, and that's what's sustainable, and you don't feel like you're depriving yourself. So I, what I think is unique about that situation is that we'll often create these scenarios, maybe these unrealistic scenarios in our mind, uh, and when we're alone with our own thoughts on how we're gonna survive a situation or come out successful on the other end, without you know, maybe writing it down on what your strategy is or finding someone to help keep you accountable, a spouse, a a relative or whatever it is. It can be just as simple as telling your spouse like, yeah, you know, listen, I I don't want to drink any alcohol tonight. And just helping me stay accountable with that. It's just like anything. If you have all these grand ideas and you don't put into play a specific plan, uh, you're, you're going to come out the other end, probably unhappy with the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I guess that's true. I mean, I guess I don't really think about that as a plan. It's just been the way I've been operating. But like you said, it's been, you know, 12 years of doing that. So it's just kind of been, you know, pretty standard for me. And it's consistent. It's workable. And I've always been that I'm I'm kind of all in or I'm all out. So I love doing the, you know, if I'm if I'm going to cheat, like I'm going to have an entire block of cheese. I'm going to have an entire tray of cookies. I go all the way. But my rule is very hard-lined. It's you have you have 20 minutes to eat outside of your normal window. And that's it. 
And so if I'm going to open up a tray of eel fudges, like I'm going to smash as many as I can in 20 <laughs> minutes. But anything I don't, it goes into the trash. And yes. that's the rule. And right. it touches the trash. And I'm weird. So like as soon as it touches the trash, like... I'm not gonna go trash. I'm not George Costanza. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm trash. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> take, the, take the eclair out of the uh, out of the out of the you know trash bin. But yep. um, that's always been the way that I've found the most success that I've operated, knowing that I can look forward to you know this thing. Like we've got you know the Christmas party on Sunday. We have got Bobby's thing on Saturday, and. I know that I'll probably go there. I'll, I'll probably have a couple beers. I'll probably eat poorly. So like the rest of this week is going to be super dialed in for me. And that's like, that's just kind of how I've seen work best. And that's, that is my plan. I look at the whole week and try to think about what do I have upcoming in the weekend? What do I have upcoming throughout the week that I know is going to derail me automatically? I think it's an interesting concept of, to use the holiday season as a series of tests to your system. Yep. Like stress tests. Like yep. they give like, um, you know, in the wake of the financial crisis, the yep. big financial companies have to go through these, you know, stress tests yeah. to make sure, to see if they're ready yeah. for a shock to the system. Yep. Well, you could think about the holiday season as being a potentially a series of shocks yeah. to your daily routine. Yeah, how so, conflicted is so, your system? Yeah. So think of it that way. Yep. And instead of trying to defend what you have and, and dig a line in the sand and, well, if I... If I can just manage to do this and da 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 da, no 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 no, attack it. Yeah. Like use it as an opportunity yep. to dial everything in because this is the most difficult potential situation. So if you can do it in the holiday season, yep. well then it's easy in July yeah, when sure. nothing's going on and it's you know beautiful outside. Yeah. You know, so I think that's if you have that mindset that you're going to aggressively seek out dialing everything in when it's the most difficult yep. then even if you get pushed off the line a little bit that like it's it's ultimately far less yeah. than it otherwise would be if you have no plan yeah for sure and that's where i think you have to start to look at that's and that's why we're doing this right is is look at it as a season look at it as a two month approach um, and I like to break everything up into eight to 10 week cycles anyway, right? I'm going to do this for eight to 10 weeks. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that and experiment. And, you know, if you're not doing that, number one, I think that you're going to, you know, lose interest at a certain point because even as consistent as you can possibly be on a long enough timeline of being very consistent, you're going to have those ebb and, ebbs and flows. So if you have different focal points, right? If your focal point for this next eight weeks is to say, all right, we're going to be traveling. We're going to drive to Youngstown. We're going to go to Grandma, Grandpa's house. We're going to have all this stuff coming up. We're going to be there for three days. We're going to have the kids. It's going to be stressful. There's going to be all this bad eating, and we need to have a plan. What's our plan going to look like? And you can start to dial that stuff in now. We were talking before we got on air about my family. My, my mom finally, uh, we've been talking about it for years, how we wanted to maybe do Christmas differently. And so finally, she sent an email the other day. It's like December 3rd or 2nd. And, uh, and we started to dial in the family's plan and my mom just, you know, killed it on whole life challenge. She's getting into healthy eating. My dad's turned his whole health and fitness around. And so now like we're starting to plan this out and we're, you know, three, four weeks away from Christmas time and new year's time, but we know we're going to be spending that time together and we know what we're going to be, you know, doing generally. Um, so there's some mental things that we're trying to alleviate concerns on in terms of like gift giving and doing a little bit more charitable work and how much time we're going to be spending together. But then there's also the nutrition aspect of things like I'm going to make this, you're going to make that. We're going to go here for dinner. Like we're going to try to do Hyde Park. Nobody's going to have to make any food so you can go out to a restaurant and that's a restaurant where you can make some good healthy eating decisions for the most part. 
And so, you know, talk about it now. You, you probably already know what you're going to be doing. So have the communication with your family. Like, hey, I just want to make sure that we're going to have some healthy food options. I want to make sure that we're going to, and if we're not, that's fine. But I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself then. You guys don't need to have me. I'm not going to be eating, you know, cinnamon rolls and, and candy bread, gingerbread houses. Do people actually eat gingerbread houses? I don't think so anymore. I yeah. I think <laughs> you touched on this. A big element is just being open with your family members. Yeah. So my uh, mom and stepdad have very recently, maybe in the last, gradually doing it over the last year, really shifted their eating toward what we would look at as is pretty close to optimal. Yeah. Um, and it was there were some health issues and, and that they had to deal with it that hastened that. It yep. made it a, a pretty oblige them to make the change. Yeah, for sure. Um, so going there, I'm fortunate that I don't have to worry about it a whole lot, but that's just one visit yeah. in a whole series of home visits. Yep. But if you're open and honest with everyone, that you would be surprised how they come on board. Mm-hmm. If you explain to your grandma that you're trying not to eat cookies because yeah. you're trying to lose weight because you got this report back that said, that indicates that you're going to die if you don't lose weight. Yeah. Like she's going to be pretty receptive to that. She loves you. Yeah. Like she just wants you to be happy. Yeah. When you're open and honest with people, like I think it's important to keep in mind whether it's the workplace or with your family, like you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You're not you're not committing some sin because you don't want to have pie. Yeah. That's not wrong. You're you're not actually supposed to eat it. Like you're doing the right thing yeah. and when you when you fully embrace that, you'd be surprised that the people around you start to embrace it too because it's eminently sensible. Yeah. It's a tough situation. I know I come from a family where if coming out openly and honestly about those things, I think would be pretty well recepted. But at the same time, my family's pretty steadfast in tradition. So when it comes to these holiday meals, it's it's what you'd expect. Yeah. Like picture, my mom still cracks open her Bon Appetit magazine from 1994 that had like the Martha Stewart Thanksgiving meal and she still pulls recipes from that and they're very heavy in things like butter and you know the fats from the cooking meats that you use and all these things so I think there is something to be said about being open and honest and having them be receptive but that's on the other end of the coin where you have to be a little bit more strategic and I like the concept that you had about going and just eating a full meal before you arrive to one of these things because then you don't make as many bad choices um, but you know, that's, that's a tough struggle because I think a lot of people out there fall into the latter category where it's like, if I were to tell my mom, I'm not going to indulge in like your Hallmark stuffing that you make every year, you know, they're going to get that eyebrow raise and be like, okay, what's going on? Do you not love me? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> so here? I think the way to look at it too, Rice perfected this. So, you know, he's in the midst of trying to make himself the biggest, strongest, kid that yeah. he can't good so he simply it just attacks the pro whatever protein is there yep. with a vengeance yep. so he's That's it doesn't my mo in my family is just just stick to only protein yeah There's yeah and protein. it works it works so well because then it's not the perceptive the perception that you're you're quote unquote not eating anything yep. you are eating markedly more than everyone else yep. to the point where people are like jesus what's what's going on yep. and it's so they don't pay attention to the fact that you didn't have Suboptimal thing X, yeah. because you just single-handedly 
pretty straightforwardly, easily, a, yeah. a pound of salmon. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. they're just totally focused on that. You dodge the whole thing. Right. Dinner's over. You won. And you're going to come back to the gym and squat more <laughs> two days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, so I think it's interesting because you know I get a different look at things with, uh, with Maria's family. So Maria's family is... Um, really not not health focused. Uh, I would say in any way. I don't I don't think any of them uh, do anything to work out. I don't think anybody does uh, does much in terms of you know eating eating healthy. And and Maria's trying as as best she can. Uh, she's got a big family, right? So we go over to her sister's place for Thanksgiving, and you know it's mom, dad, five brothers and sisters, and and married um, you know spouses with them. They're all married. And then seven, eight kids. So, I mean, we're talking easily you know, 20, 20 something people in the house. Um, and without being super health inclined, obviously, there's, there's you know, a plentiful amount of, you know, making fun of Marie and I for eating healthy and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the, the thing that we've, we've never, Marie and I have never really sat and talked about it, but when I went, I did the protein, right? So, her dad makes this fantastic turkey and, I came, I came a little bit late, got a speeding ticket, damn it. Um, came a little bit late. And so, uh, so I came back and like everybody had pretty much had their fill for Turkey, which means rest I get to rest is for me. Yeah. <laughs> show and so, starts. Yeah. And so my mom always used to tell me that whenever we're at our cousin's house, that I have to be the last through the line. Right. Um, which is just a hedge against, you know, anybody not getting enough. And so, uh, but that was basically the approach I got to take there. So they had trays full of white meat left. And so I pretty much just nibbled on that for the better half of an hour. Right. And pretty much, you know, cleaned house, which is perfect. I was plenty full. Um, you know, went back home. We had a healthy dinner when we got home. That was a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, but you know, I think that they are probably a little bit more, it is more stressful to go there, right? Because it's a bigger family. There's a lot more unhealthy options. And, uh, and that's what I do. I follow the, the stick to protein approach and that seems to work for me also. And that's always seemed to work for me. That's kind of Tom's approach is kind of very similar. And we've had that discussion. That's kind of the same also where he just crushes the protein. Um, so I think that that's a kind of a good go-to if you feel like you do have to eat something, let's say you do show up and it is something where you have to eat, um, a pretty good amount of food. For the most part, most proteins, especially if it's salmon, if it's white meat turkey, you know, obviously they're going to be basting it with some stuff that's maybe not super healthy. But for the most part, you're definitely going to be doing better than something that's like a super high glycemic, super sugary, you know, carb option. And we apologize for Blitz in this. She is uh, losing her mind in the other room she's due a, to the new sirens and stuff. It just so. makes it real. I yeah. think. <laughs> she can't be real. in here with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, I like your strategy there. Um, one of my biggest things, and this kind of can bleed into our conversations with the stress surrounding the holidays, is a lot of the times my parents or my older sister, who has more space to host, will be taking on a lot of that burden. Uh, so often I will offer and say, hey, what can I bring? Like, can I bring a salad? Yeah. Can I bring some sort of roasted vegetable to help kind of offset everything yeah. that we're eating? And I'll make sure I make enough so that my family of 10 plus uh, can kind of pursue a little bit more of the plate method, which I've talked about a lot with a lot of my clients, um, where they can you know fill a majority of that plate with those vegetables, kind of create that big base. Not only does it prevent you from kind of indulging with desserts and eating a large quantity at that time, but it's also going to be pretty nutritive dense to kind of offset what you are taking in for most of the day. Um, so that, that's kind of been my strategy where I just throw a ton of greens or a ton of roasted vegetables on my plate, top that with my protein, and then I can feel pretty confident I'm making a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit about, uh, 
then we'll do stress about the holidays and then we'll talk a little bit maybe about um, you know alcohol and how we can kind of uh, can help down that path also uh, I think the you know the stress around the holidays is something that uh, has been I think there's been more and more light shed on it over the last years suicide rates go up um, there's a lot of unhappiness especially for people who have maybe you know lost loved ones or um, maybe are you know having a struggle with some health and wellness with somebody in their family, maybe they're in the hospital, maybe some of those things that are maybe a little bit more negative oriented that typically make the holidays a lot more stressful because there's more alone time, there's more free time, there's more time off work, there's more time with your family, uh, and there's more time if you don't have a family or there's a health struggle there, there's more time where other people aren't available to spend time with. And so I think, you know, a couple things with that. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll have you guys chime in on kind of things that you think about. But one of the big things that I think about, like, like Eric came to Thanksgiving with us. I try to think about if I can, I try to ask people in my life all the time, you know, what are you guys doing? What are you doing on Christmas Day? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? What are you doing around the holidays? And there are people of other religions and there are people who don't have family in the area who stay around. Like, don't be afraid to invite them places. Like if you're in a place where you have a big family and you have stuff going on and you're lucky in that sense, don't be afraid to invite others. And I think that that's something that we can do as a community and a podcast in a gym community where we can go out of our way to really, you know, help each other and help in that sense. And I know the Sandsbury's have had Omar for Thanksgiving the last few years and uh, and that's that's been fun for them, and he's kind of been an adopted member of like six different families uh, in Ohio for the holidays, and so I think that that can be something that we can do. That's action on our part, right? If you guys are one of those people who has a big family and who has stuff going on, go out of your way to maybe extend a hand to somebody who's maybe struggling, or you know has just lost a loved one, or maybe you know their family doesn't live in Columbus and they can't afford to go home, or. You know, they're just of a different religion and, and everybody else is taking time off work, but they, they want the gym to be open and they want this other stuff going on, but, you know, they're not Christian, so the December 25th doesn't mean anything to them. So um, so I think that that's something that kind of I think about. I always think about what can I control? What actions can I take that will have a positive impact? Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Any, anything to yeah, add on that? Yeah, lots, lots to think about. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in – the the craziness of the season and very materialistic it's become over time and i think in just terms of having a good mindset and you know a, a healthy mind and just a good outlook on what's what's happening and what the season is about which is giving and love and sharing that with others um it helps i think from a mindset perspective to kind of flip that script a little bit like you had talked about your family donating some, you know, monies and different time to give toys to those who need that. Uh, Kristen and I are talking this year about, uh, you know, using that money to donate as well to do things for someone. Uh, and also for a lucky member of the friendship community, I decided to buy a gift for someone this year. Nice. So they'll be getting that. Um, yeah. So I think that that helps. I think you feel so much better about what's going on around you. Um, so that's kind of the approach that we're taking this year. Um, and Maybe if Omar's not available, we could snipe him up, too, for a holiday this this year. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Everyone wants more time with the big O. <laughs> so I think an interesting way to think about it, and I'm in an interesting, an interesting spot because I'm the only person in my immediate family who doesn't live somewhere in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. So it's a, the constant 
figuring out of can I get back? Yep. If I can get back, how long? And then um, you know, really what my parents, all they care about is when I'm going to pick up Rye and bring him there. Yeah. If I show up, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but there have been <laughs> holidays where it's just not realistic for me to go back. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, if you're in that position, it's important to keep it in perspective. Like, so these holidays can be a little bit rugged if you're, you're spending a little more alone time, you're off work, you can't go to the gym, you can't fill your life with what you normally fill it with. Yeah. It, can, it can feel a little funny and a little empty. But I think it's important to remember that it's only a day. Yeah. And that your relationship with your family isn't based around Christmas or Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or any single day. It's every day. Yeah. And I think that's that's a, a conversation that my parents and I have had in the time that I haven't lived in that area. Is that while it's nice to see them, it, that's just a very small piece of the puzzle. It's yeah. the rest of the year that we're more focused on. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to keep that in mind, but then also too to try to to fill your life with the people that you want to be around who are in your area, like you guys said. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know one of the big things that I try to do. So I'm years ago I kind of had told my family um, you know hey I, I don't really want to be going to things that I don't necessarily believe in I don't want to be doing things or going out to uh, you know different places that are socially um, you know make me uncomfortable I, in reality I don't want to be there right and because I'm a big believer in if I'm going to show up I want to be excited to be there I want to be present and I want to be a positive influence on that experience for other people and if you've got me in a place where I've got to wear, you know, a pastel colored polo and khakis, I don't want to be there, right? That's not me. That's not who I am. And so I've, I've removed that from my wardrobe and thus removed myself from going to Easter brunch at some place, right? Um, and, and so I put that out a while ago. And so I'm still in that, in that boat of if I'm going to show up, I want to make sure that I am excited to be there, that I'm energetic, that I'm positive, that I'm excited. And so one of the big things that goes in, in hand in hand with that is if that's your mindset, I think that that in turn makes you prepare for those social engagements in a more excited manner. And so what I try to do is, you know, my, I think I kind of interchange naps in meditation for me. I don't try, or power naps, I think is what some people call it. I think that you actually, you get to a point where it's much more meditative because really what you're doing is I just like lay on my back or sit on a couch and I'll just shut my eyes for 20 minutes or so, just enough to where your mind's like all the clutter, all the crap, all the stuff that you've got going on, all the things that you're stressed about. You just go into a little bit of like a dream state for just a second and your mind just sort of clears, right? Then when you wake up, you're much more present and I'm much more, you know, ready to start to focus on whatever that next thing is. So I try to do that anytime that I'm going to be going and spending time with, you know, especially extended family or Maria's family um, and even my family. So I use that extra time that we have maybe away from work or, you know, coming up with family to take a nap relax for a little bit before I go into those situations so that I'm a little bit more mellow, right? Because if you've got all the other stuff that stresses you out and then your family goes and, you know, they're going to ask Maria and I 13 times when we're going to start having kids and all these other things start coming Not not my family, right? But more so, more so other people's families. Um, but you start to get these questions, you know, and, and some, some parts of my family still ask me, you know, Hey, what are you, what are you going to do for a living? Are you still doing that gym thing you're doing? That's cute. That's cute. Is that what you're still doing? Um, and so, you know, so in those things, it's like, you know, that would, 
that would irk me if I had all these other things stressing me out. If I had a bunch of other crap that I was bringing with me and I was already in maybe a slightly agitated mood, I was stuck in traffic, I got a ticket and all those things. Like I got a ticket when I was there and I was literally the whole rest of the drive was like 20 minutes and I'm lucky I had that 20 minutes. I had no radio on and I was able to just work through my thoughts and realize like, you know, hey, look, I'm just excited that I get to go and spend time with Marie's family. I know it means a lot to her that I'm coming. And, you know, I want to make sure that we don't get a ton of time with these guys that I that I take the opportunity to spend some time with with her family. And I know I'm lucky because a lot of people don't don't have that. Right. So that's I think you have to get yourself in the right mindset to be with family and to be spending some of that time with uh, with people who maybe aren't focused on the things that you're focused on. They're not like-minded people. We get we get uh, spoiled by being around people from the gym so often because they're all trying to improve themselves. They're all trying to work on their nutrition. They're all trying to work on their health and fitness. It is a, a thing. It's not a thing for them to go out and work out. That's planned into their day, right? And so, like, if I tell my family, hey, I, we can't do Thanksgiving because I've got to do the noon workout, I've got to come home and shower, we've got to make the food, so we can't be there till four, my family's not blown away by that. They understand, right? But some people's family would be like, well, why are you going to work out on Thanksgiving Day? Like, that's weird. Like, you don't need to do that. Just come over at noon. We're all getting together at noon. And so I think sometimes, like, getting yourself prepped and ready in that mental state before you go can really help drop your stress levels down a little bit and will help keep you a little bit more, you know, in the boat of excitement. You're excited to be there. You're in, and if you're not and you're going to hate being there and you're going to dread it, again, just just don't go. Or bring somebody else with you who's going to make it fun. Like, you don't have to do these things. Like, they're not obligations. And just like you said... Your family and yours relationship and your love is going to be much more predicated upon the 364 other days of the year. And, you know, do you call them and do you talk to them and do you take them out to breakfast and do you do these other things, um, you know, or is the only time that you're going out of your way to do stuff on Christmas? Well, maybe that's, it seems like the problem, but it's not, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of relaxing. Yeah. Let's talk about alcohol consumption. Oh. In the holiday season. And I'm very interested in what you gentlemen, how you view that, how you approach it. Um, and then and then I'll give you my my two cents, what I think. Yeah. Well, I, I know our my my dad loves his wine. When, yeah. we, when we get together, we, we crack some bottles together. It's a little bit of everything, but uh, I think it kind of bleeds back to Jeff's talks about how he manages his meals for that time of year, too. It's... You know, we have that fortunate ability to have a little bit more wiggle room on each side so we can enjoy a beverage if we wanted to. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually really careful about how I drink during like surrounding big meals like that because um, it, it can really delay gastric emptying of your stomach. It's really like a, a paralysis agent in the, in the stomach. So... I try to be very careful about I'm my alcohol. waiting on you to go full nerd on us. Come uh, on. Yeah, lay it on you. This is no, no, tremendous. Yeah. Incidentally to everyone, I have a pastel shirt on and khaki pants. <laughs> it is true. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I'm kind of careful about that because I'm much more in the boat of, um, you know, being so finely in tuned with how my body feels that I want to make sure the next day I wake up, I don't regret the decisions that I made from the meal that I ate the previous day. So I have to be careful sometimes about how hard I cheat when it comes to those meals or just how much I take in. Um, but when it does come to that, I do like to kind of go for the really delicious beers. I know Coach Mitchell 
He's all about the Miller Lights, but I want something unique. It's going to be. I was two and I was twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, you so, can't. I mean, I you can't, can't, can't fault him for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just um, you know I think it, it just again it's it's how you kind of what what standard do you hold yourself to? Are you going to use that as an excuse to release the floodgates and be that guy who gets drunk at Christmas dinner and gets on the table and there says weird things to an aunt or your grandma or whatever it is? Uh, or you know are you just are you going to set a plan? So for me, it's always, you know, wait until the meal is served. And then uh, at this point, you know, we have a new kiddo in our lives. So we got to make sure we can get home and not put yeah. anyone at risk. So luckily, a little for bit me, more conservative. nobody in my family will ever trump Maria being the weird person to say things that are inappropriate <laughs> to our family. So I just bring that person with me and then I'm yeah. kind of free to do whatever I want. Uh, but I think all, all three of us, I think we all, we all enjoy, you know, a good beer. Um, and, you know, I think the thing that's that's nice for me much like ice cream like I don't really like wine and nobody in my family is really like a bourbon drinker or anything along those lines but also simultaneously uh you know nobody's really a big beer drinker either so unless I bring my own thing that I'm going to be drinking uh then then I'm usually not going to be enticed to have anything right Um, I'm not gonna I usually don't go for the wine and so then I'm, I'm usually pretty free so then that's nice for me because I get to make the decision on whether or not I bring you know, a, a four pack of whatever, or, you know, a six pack of something. And, uh, and again, same thing, you know, just the same concept. I try to think about, um, you know, alcohol is the only place where I, I do apply moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've worked with enough people who drink a little bit every day to see the negative impacts of that. And uh, I think that that is a serious, serious issue, not from like a, you're an alcoholic standpoint, it's an issue from what you said. It delays digestion. It hurts sleep patterns. It hurts metabolism. It hurts hydration. Um, you know, it just, it, it does so much negative for you on top of the sugar and, and some of those other things that'll have a negative impact in another way that if you're doing it every day, that's an issue, right? Um, that's a, even if it's just two or three or a couple of glasses of wine, which I know is very, very popular for people. And I've tried to point this out to a few people and we've had, uh, you know, Kara's famous and you guys weren't around for this. So this will be interesting for you. Kara, a few years ago, we had had this discussion and she did Sobertober. Right, so for the entire month, we built out a huge board for her, and the entire month of October, she went totally dry. She had zero alcohol, um, and I think she also, you know, started eating healthy. She went to bed earlier. She had some other life habits that came from it, right? But the results were unbelievable. I mean, it was something like you know, like twelve pounds lost. Um, her skin like looked way more like vibrant. She she it was just like it was across the board. It was just it was amazing to see the difference and see the before and after pictures and stuff. Um, and that was just in a small term. We've done it with a few other people in the gym also where we've taken them from six or seven days to, of drinking down to one. And same same things. I mean, Im- people immediately, they lose 10 pounds immediately. And it's incredible the negative impact that that can have. So I really try to think about it as I sort of get like a six pack per month, right? And that's kind of how I think about it. And that's good for me. Now, I like double IPA. So really you could look at that as like a 12 pack, right? <laughs> um, but you get a six pack per month. And I try to think about it as, you know, if I've got three or four social situations, I'm going to drink maybe two beers per situation, right? If I've got one or two, then maybe I can have a couple more, but I want to make sure that obviously, you know, things like driving and all that are taken care of. 
Um, so those are that's kind of how I apply moderation. Um, and you know, for me, when that gets out of whack, that's something that I'm very, very keen on. For me, that was the whole life challenge, right? The end of summer for me, a lot of social situations, a lot of bonfires out here in our new backyard and stuff, and that prompted you know me to go above and beyond the, the twelve beers per threshold. Month. And so that was where it was like, all right, cool, whole life challenge is coming. Yeah, zero alcohol, right? And so I, I like how you uh, mentioned all those positives that care experience because it is fascinating how it can be such a very easy, low hanging fruit for people to tackle yeah. uh, during the week. Especially when you, you're doing things like coming into the gym on a daily basis, you're going to work every morning, uh, Who know, like maybe over the weekend you have obligations too, like you want to hit an early morning class or you have church on Sundays, whatever it is. And it's amazing how if you talk to people, not only about the calories that that provides, but then you start to talk about all those other intangibles that yep. really start to light people up. Like, wait, you're telling me I could sleep deeper and wake up more refreshed and yep. recover better. And, and my conversation always leads to, listen, it's... It's a toxin. You're you're poisoning your body, which is what we joke about with Ryan all the time, slinging the poison. Slinging the poison um, all day. All day. Uh, but, and, you know, as your body works to process that, which can take up to 48 hours at times, yeah. um, you know, it's not really thinking about building muscle or metabolizing fat during that time. It's like, shit, I got to get this stuff out of my body. I got to well, make sure you, I survive. What do you do, too? Because, I mean, it's it, – I mean, I think – when we're younger, it's it's way more prevalent. But Mitchell. who hasn't done the close a bar down at two? You get home, you Uber home, whatever. It's it's three. What do you do when you usually get home? Crack another one. Yeah, or or, or the raid the fridge. Oh, that guy too. Yeah. yeah. And so so you go nuts on anything that is quick, accessible, easy, and tasty. You go nuts on right. So let's say you conservatively get to bed at three, right? If you didn't eat anything, you usually wake up, you're like famished, you have to drink, you're, you're hungry. And so usually what happens is we see that carryover. If, if you did that on Saturday night, it, it affects all of Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so usually you won't just lose one night or one six-hour block. You'll lose 48 hours, right? Mm-hmm. And it, not even just metabolically you lose 48 hours. In terms of chemically what's going on in your organs and in your body, you're losing 48 hours automatically. But usually mentally, like, I mean, I know me, like, I avoid hangovers like the plague because hangovers hit me like a two-ton truck right. right now. It is awful. And so I have a very, very tight threshold. And if I go beyond it, I am like, I am just worthless. Have you ever had prickly pear? <laughs> no, I don't think That's so. A, it's a great little enzyme that you can take to help kind of manage hangovers. Oh, it's that like little, anti-hangover. Little life hack right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, one of my old school colleagues from college like swears by this Amazon hangover prevention pill that you can get that yeah. has like some prickly pear extract in it. Yeah. He lives and dies by it. I've, I've had it. It actually works pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Life I hack. Could, I could have used that. Yeah. There's some... Bobby and Cash love life hacks on here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, I think an element to think about is... How much time are you spending at the gym, and are you willing to see all that time go to be worth nothing? Yeah. Because that's effectively what you're doing if you drink. Yeah. And I think that's the big, like, the way I look at it is, you know, um, like, we have a holiday party coming up. We have these things that are fun, that are social, that you're going to hang out with your friends, and you get to relax, maybe have a couple beers, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you feel like having a drink... Have a drink. But just keep in mind that you're taking steps backwards from all this time and all this money and all this effort that you're putting in. And how much is all of that worth to you? So I think I I heard a, um, another, it was another Ben Bergeron thing. Uh, Of him, his recommendation, which is if you're out at a social setting and drinking is 
maybe expected or is like you, you don't just don't want to look funny. Mm-hmm. Have a drink, order a second one, don't drink it. Yeah. And either leave or or have a soda water, have something like that. So you still have fulfilled your social obligation. Yeah. And maybe you feel like having a drink. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yep. You've done that, but you're not setting yourself up to lose hours, days, flip out when you get home and eat everything in your cabinet like yep. a savage. Like you're still in a good spot. Yeah. And at the same time you can enjoy the company of the people. Yeah, and I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to be? There's going to be some dick like Mustache Andy over here. He's like, hey, you done nursing that beer over there, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. And and that's the worst that you get. If that's as bad as it gets, like, I mean, hopefully you can overcome that. And, yeah. you know, if you, if you can't, then, uh, then again, I think you have to really question yourself if you should be in that situation in the first place. If you're, yeah. if you're surrounding yourself with people who are unsupportive to that level, um, you know, where you don't feel comfortable and confident saying, saying your piece to them, um, then, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be drinking in that situation in the first place. Yeah, my, my biggest thing is I just tell people, yeah, I don't need alcohol to have a good time. Yeah. I'm here. I'm like a live wire. My favorite is to see Omar just crack a Red For Bull sure. yep. and look like he's had 15 beers yeah. and be the life of the yeah. party. Omar, Omar yeah. at a wedding. If Insane. you think that you need to drink to have a good time, just come and see Omar at a wedding, and because he brings it to level ten immediately, <laughs> and like, and he hasn't had a sip or a, a, he hasn't had anything, right. and he is just full energy, all positivity, happy as can be energetic and it's infectious and it spreads people around him and it's like you know and you're in control of that all the way and i understand that certain people are introverted and extroverted but it's like but you can put yourself in that situation like you can you can do it if you want to Uh, i'll often refer to alcohol as a social lubricant so basically just helping you loosen up and and have those conversations with people but you know, I once read an article about, you know, how to how to create more meaningful conversations when you're mingling at these events, right? Yeah. Holiday party right around the corner. Yeah. You might be concerned to approach someone and not be able to talk about how much weight did you do on your snatch today? How yeah. do you kind of branch conversations out of there? So there's always those topics of commonality that we that we learn about like kids, pets, food, stuff like that. Uh, but I like to kind of take it to that next level and ask more meaningful questions like uh, what did you do this past year that was super challenging for yourself? Or uh, what's planned for next year that you're kind of scared about tackling? Uh, things like that that kind of open it to broader conversation yeah. uh, can be super helpful in managing those situations because then at that point, no one's really looking at what you're drinking or if you're ordering another one. It gets a little bit to that next level. So that's always fun to kind of play around with. I like to yeah. ask people what they're passionate about. Um, and Tough conversation if you say, ask the wrong crowd. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't uh, won't have an answer to it, um, and so sometimes that makes the conversation more awkward. Um, but like, I'll but, take another beer now. Yeah. Take a super long drink and stare <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, like, exactly. Here we go. Buckle yeah. in. How but, much time you have? You know, now it's like if it's somebody at the gym and I have that question or I ask that question, then usually like if they don't have anything, it's like let's maybe set that as a goal. Let's like, let's maybe try to, let's, let's try to have an answer to that. If we, if we talk again in six months, Mm -hmm. you know, let's maybe explore that a little bit. Um, which obviously like that's a huge point of the podcast. That's a huge point of what I think, what, what I try to do every day is try to get people more involved and more, uh, more pushing and pursuing towards a passion. But you know, a lot of people are stuck in that boat, just like you said, where, um, you know, kids, pets work, take up so much of their time that they don't ever feel or they don't ever take any dedicated time to really pursue any degree of a passion. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something where, you know, 
there's all kinds of different ways to tackle that beast, but I think that that's something in terms of conversing in and around alcohol that you can have is, um, you know, again, you know, hey, what, you know, what have you done this year to, you know, pursue a passion professionally or personally? Like, what have you done this year um, to, I like challenge yourself. I think that that's a really interesting one. Or what have you done that's new and scary? And I think a lot of people obviously at the gym, Christmas party say, I, I joined the gym. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, and that's awesome. And then, you know, then you can have all different kinds of conversations from that. But like you said, if it's the social social lubricant, I don't feel like we should be at a place where we rely on that. Like I think that that's something where, um, again, it is going into something that you're maybe afraid of, right? It's challenging yourself in having new conversations with new people. Mm -hmm. And some people do that really well, but other people it has to be a practice. It has to be something that they actively are pursuing with a purpose and a goal. Um, so I think that's something that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Sorry, Charlotte is now being involved more with the podcast. Yeah, you know, Ryan, you might be able to speak to this, or even have a hard time doing this now. But I know when I've gone to social situations in the past and, and didn't want to drink any alcohol, I'd kind of challenge myself to uh, like branch out of my norm and like try something new in terms of like an alcoholic beverage or a beer I've never heard of before. Because sometimes inevitably you're going to get a bad one and you right. don't really want to finish it at oh, that yeah. point. God. But that I got the I worst think. recommendation last Christmas. I had this the world's worst beer and I just sat there and <laughs> I sat with it for like three hours. I had like two sips and I was, she was like, do you See? want to order another one? I got nah, this There you fine. go. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of a cool strategy that I've used because not only does it help you branch out a little bit and learn a little bit more, which if you guys have never brought a beer, a random beer to the gym and asked Ryan to explain it to you, it's probably the coolest thing ever when he just says oh yeah that's from some island off the coast of new zealand and it's actually made in a monk uh (laughs) monastery other side yeah that that i never talk about exactly so uh that's kind of a strategy i've used before um despite my often analogy where it's like beer is like fruit when you buy fruit you bring it home you can't really return it yeah you have to drink it but in that case i often will just leave it behind and, and do that so yeah or challenge yourself i think i mean if there's maybe a theme of this podcast, it's to challenge yourself a little yeah. bit. So challenge yourself in a social situation where you would normally get a drink to loosen up, to make it a little easier to conversate with people. Challenge yourself not to. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Like, set your mindset when you're in the car. Like, I'm not going to have a drop of alcohol. Yeah. I don't want to chat to four new people. Yeah. Because that's inherently difficult. Yeah. But you feel so much better about yourself if you do. Yeah, if you accomplish it, it, it. Yeah, just because... It's fun. It's fun to talk to people. And 99 times out of 100, you're going to learn that you have some interesting commonality or this person is super fascinating. And you would have never learned that had you just clammed up or talked to the same four people that you always do. Yeah. And I I mean, I think some of my, obviously, like I'm in a lucky situation to have a little bit more of a, a deeper relationship with a lot of people in the gym. And so there are a lot of people who open up to me and like won't open up to even any of the other coaches or other people. Uh, and, and that's lucky. Not everybody will be that way. But I do think like there are some of the quietest, most introverted people are in the gym are fascinating individuals. Or hilarious. And, yeah. Because they don't hilarious. talk too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think that sometimes that's... Uh, it's easy to kind of lean back on the fact that like, oh, like that person, you know, doesn't want to talk to me or doesn't like me or doesn't want to talk to other people. But in actuality, they are super interesting and there's all kinds of value that that person can kind of provide to, to you, to your life, to your family, to your friends. Um, but I think just like you said, treat it as a challenge. You know, it's like, 
uh, I, I tried to this past year. Uh, you know, we we always get go to a lot of weddings throughout the year. I'm not a big dancer, um, but I tried this year shocking. to say, yeah, I know, shocking, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I could see Frankenstein on the floor, just so <laughs> stiff, just moving around. Like, is this it? Well, well I tried at each to at each wedding to to do a little dancing, right? Cool. Um, and try to do that without the provocation of alcohol. Try to do that to where, like, mm. you know, hey, get out on the dance floor, be involved for a little bit, and and get out there and just have some fun and. Uh, and that was that was just a goal I set for myself. Super uncomfortable for me. Can't stand it. Right. And, but you know, you get out, you do it, and you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it, at least I set a goal or a purpose to come here and to challenge myself for it. So I think that that's just like you said. In social settings, if you're not all the way totally extroverted, just set a couple goals. Mm-hmm. You know, have a couple conversations, even if it's just one. Just hey, I'm going to meet somebody new tonight, and that's it. Um, you know, hey. When do you come to class? Awesome. But, you know, maybe we can partner up sometime this week. Like, it's it's super simple. So What I find, and you talked to me about this very early on when I came on as, as a coach, um, what I find that is just so profound is that we have this insane ability um, on any given day to create and make new friends at Friendship, yep. right? There's people who go their whole lives and stay friends with their high school friends or college friends, maybe have a handful of people that they talk to. And when I when you think about it in that perspective, and that you know, there's hundreds of of people that walk through our doors every single day, and those people all have a similar mindset and uh, values and culture, uh, that it's super easy to just make great friends that way. When I bring that mentality into the public and go to like a wedding where I don't know anyone, yeah. and that energy and that that type of conversation you'd have with someone in our walls is like it's amazing how quickly people open up. Yeah. So. At the holiday party this weekend, I mean, no one's going to kind of miss the mark if they strike up a conversation with someone, but that's like the perfect opportunity to like carry over what we do in our walls into uh, a social setting where, you know, you don't need alcohol. You just be yourself, be who you are at Friendship, and you're going to see that just pay off dividends. For sure. Which is awesome. Well, and I think you can do it too if we take it back to holiday stuff. If you're with family, I think a lot of times people like, they're like, yeah, I know my family, but like... I mean, you might not have actually had a meaningful conversation with a parent or a sibling in years. Mm. Um, ask them about, you know, questions, just just random stuff, you know, stuff that, you know, what was, ask your mom or your grandma, you know, about college or something. It's like, you're going to find stories, that, you know, you're going to hear stories and stuff that, like, you never knew about them. And that's what the holidays can kind of be for and can kind of be about and can kind of be fun in that way. Um, you know, or the opposite. I love to hang out at like a kid's table, especially no. when I'm like around excited and just cause they say just the most hilarious Can't things. The and so, uh, so for me, it's a lot more fun to, to be in that level than it is to be having these high level adult conversations that'll get like political and all this other crap. And you're just like, I don't, I want to go. I want to go with the kids who are, you know, they're talking about how uh, how they can, you know, play some new. They're like inventing a new game to play, like tag or something like that. And you're just like, yeah, that sounds like more fun to me. Nothing is more entertaining than talking with a mature toddler or oh, yeah. a mature child. One of the best that stand out in my mind is Annie LaMonica. Oh, yeah. She cracks me up yeah. every time. I just I'm excited to see her. I'm like, what is this girl going to say today? Yeah, I like them because they're very confident and assured of themselves. Exactly. Like that's that's my. It's like <laughs> uh, my nephew is is known for for saying actually and then like correcting you, and he just goes like actually <laughs> what you want to say there, and he'll like just correct you, and even if he's wrong, the the conviction that he says it with, you're just like, <laughs> oh, is that so? All right, well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then on the other hand, you got you got Riot at the gym and say, actually, you're not going heavy enough. Yeah. And just push it right back in your face. It just, yeah. You just go, you're getting pretty good at that, huh? And he yeah. just, just has that shit-eating smile on his face. Yeah. What is right. let's, uh Let's hit some bullet points here. So uh, we'll do some final thoughts. So uh, we'll just kind of each take take one. We'll just go around maybe a couple times. So if I had to say bullet point one, I think, uh, you know, biggest takeaway is, is start to plan what, you know, Christmas and New Year's season is going to look like for you yeah. now. Start to figure out who you're going to spend the time with, how that time is going to look, and then start to figure out dates, times that are going to be red flag opportunities where you're just not going to either be in a good situation to eat healthy or you're going to have to plan ahead of time and eat a meal ahead of time and that kind of stuff. So start that now, right? Um, so that's mine. Uh, yeah, and I guess mine would be to kind of challenge yourself a little bit this uh, this holiday season in the stretch where whether it's kind of branching out socially um, or um, doing something non-traditional during a very traditional time of year in terms of changing up what you've done in years past to create different results. I think mine would be for sure attack, don't defend. You know, uh, chase your nutritional goals harder at this point. Don't back up a single inch and don't back up on physical activity. You know, the gym is closed, what, one day? Yeah, one day. That leaves all the rest of them. Yep. And even on that day, you can go for a jog. So yep. so there's no, even if you're out of town, there's there's... CrossFit gyms all over the country. There's thousands of them. There's regular gyms. You, you can do push-ups and burpees in your in your bedroom, and that'll smoke you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like just just attack the entire thing, and you'll come out of it feeling better. Certainly looking better than if if you're only worry about protecting what you have. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know the as we get closer into January, the the stereotypes around January just like it, it's so stupid to me. It's so ridiculous. Like oh, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to start this new resolution in January and like things will be different then and like I'll be better and it's just like is that important to you start today start yeah now. exactly yeah. yeah if you're actually convicted if you feel that way going into the new year then like start right the second the motivation strikes you the second you say the sentence like you need to get going on that and if you're dedicatedly starting to take steps back in consistency or accountability or cons- you know any of those things that are going to help promote results right you, that you're in a good routine all of a sudden you start to break and change your routine because of a random day on a calendar like or an upcoming day on a calendar or I'm traveling or whatever it is like that's the beginning of that's the first couple steps backward of massive bigger steps backward right in reality what we should do and what I think you're saying is you should double down. Like it should be, you know, Hey, there's no excuse. I'm off work for two weeks or I'm not, you know, kids are out of school. I'm out of school for two and a half weeks. Like I'm just going to be at the gym. I'm going to make sure I'm at the gym every day. Right. I'm going to wake up on and get like reading done and catch up on, you know, making sure that I start to do some personal development, some professional development. And I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, making healthy meals for my kids and for myself for this entire stretch. And that's just going to be my, attitude towards that instead of just you know the like oh yeah like we're traveling a bunch and it's gonna be it's cold and like going to the gym after work like oh i just want to go home and snuggle up by a fire and like you know just have have a warm glass of you know alcoholic cider or something it's just like just yeah that's so stupid like don't be an idiot like just get yourself beyond that point uh where we go like so quickly back to comfort and instead, do the do the slightly more challenging, but 
much, much more motivating thing to do where you're going to start thinking about yourself in a higher light if you challenge yourself to that level and then you succeed. And by the time January comes, you'll be so far ahead of whatever goal you want to reach by March, it won't even be funny. Like, it'll just yeah. be, it'll be stupid to have not done that. You'll look at the other people like, ha, look at these idiots. They waited till January to start. And I went a bunch of morons, right? I got six <laughs> weeks uh, on those guys. And I think that that's a big thing. You'll start to see all that stuff start to come out here in a few weeks. We're just like deals and challenges and this and that and the other. Um, and, you know, it's capitalizing on, on just that general mindset, which is unfortunate. But it's, uh, it's definitely something that we, if you're listening to this or our community, you should be you should be actively working against developing that mindset in any capacity. So, all right. The boys, them boys, they're quiet. Must, cool. Mustache man, pastel polo guy. <laughs> Appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks right. for having and, us, boss. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys.